Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Singerman, and my co-host, IFBB Bikini Pro, Christina Voynich. Christina, what's in the news for this week? Titus looking for companionship. Jeff Long hangs up his trunks. Flex Pro Breakdown with Mike Liberatore, plus Australian Grand Prix promoter Tony Doherty comes on as the interview of the week. Well, Christina, before we get going, I have received some email requests from people <laughs> who liked The Voice. That's what we're going by. They're, they're knowing this as The Voice, <laughs> which is the, uh, the sexy rendition of reading the news. And um, so I would like to put out, I'm, I'm really not requesting this myself. I'm extending the request of the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> They're hoping that you would do this again. I know we can't do it every time, but if you wouldn't mind, if you would consider it, could you try to read the news again in the voice? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna reread in the voice. Yeah, please. Okay, do it. Do a little intro for me again, and then like I got I got to get in the mood. I got to like light some candles or something. Okay. I got to fix fix my lighting in my office here. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Singerman, and Christina Voynich, IFBB Bikini Pro. Christina, what's in the news for this week? Titus looking for companion. Jeff Long hangs up his trunks. Flex Pro breakdown with, that's right, Mike Liberatore plus Australian Grand Prix promoter Tony Doherty comes on as the interview of the week. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Was I almost good. messed up there in the beginning, man. I'm not used to this pressure. <laughs> Thank you. Is requesting the voice though, uh, that's very much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> that was, I gotta tell you, that was a little more subdued than last time. Last time you were, you sounded like almost like orgasmic on the second word. I think you yeah. mentioned Jay Cutler and you were like, it was uncontrollable. <laughs> Mike Liberatore. Is that yeah, better? Yeah, that's okay. better? That's better. Okay, let's try. I was trying to make it a little more, you know, PG thirteen instead of like NC seventeen. But I gotcha, gotcha. They, if they want the voice, they want all the voice. They ain't gonna get all the voice. There's only one <laughs> man that gets that. All right, let's let's roll, Aaron. Okay. Let's roll with the show. What's, what's right. happening? Titus looking for companionship, Christina, and um, everybody knows um, Craig Titus is in prison, and uh, I guess this makes news because you know I, I didn't even know that this was available to prisoners, state uh, prisoners email and not just email but actually a um a system uh internet website that is um that solicits companionship i guess pen pals or whatever they're looking for for prisoners and i, I guess now that i've seen it i'm not that surprised because i know prisoners do find pen pals for some reason i just imagined it like not on the internet but like in a newspaper or something like that you know what i mean Actually, I saw this um, this one show. I believe it was probably on like the History Channel or Discovery or something. I think it's called Locked Up. Um, not one hundred percent sure, but I did see. Uh, I don't know if it was that show or, or another uh, documentary about um, these couples who were getting engaged or getting married while their significant other was in prison. And this wasn't a you know we were together and then he went to prison. It was I sent him a letter. He proposed from prison. That's how we met. That's how we started our relationship. I I, I saw some in, very interesting uh, documentaries about that where people are pen pals to begin with, and then they end up marrying while they're like in prison for life, which is very wow. very strange. Um, people check check out the websites and check out you know some of those locked up series on TV because it's very interesting. You see a lot of that going on more so now, um, I think than ever. And believe it or not, a lot of prisoners do have internet access, so they're able to to post things 
you know, that they're looking for love while behind bars, which of course, probably 10, 15 years ago, that was, I'll say more like 15 years ago, that was nearly impossible to do, you know? Sure. Um, you know, I don't know. Have you ever visited anybody in a prison that it was in for a little while for years? I haven't. No. Okay. I think I may have even asked you that before because we talked about people going to prison so much lately on, yeah. our, on our show. Um, but <laughs> I, I have, and I can tell you that visiting somebody in prison, you get a different kind of, even if the person is one way on the outside, when they're on the inside, they have so little uh, s- stimuli from anything, you know, from talking to people for obviously for girls. If you're a guy and you're, you know, there's obviously no girls in there. So I, even, even the girls that are in there, you'll see guys that are like interested in the jail guards, the female jail guards that are horrendous. Sure. And you'll be like, whoa, you think she's attractive? You know, she's like 300 pounds. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's hot. You know, I, I'm, you know. So you'll, you'll see stuff like that. And I'm always like, wow. But um, the, the friend that I know, it's actually an ex-girlfriend's brother. Um, he, he, I can absolutely see him meeting somebody through letters or email because he was so desperate for any kind of communication or companionship. If you could develop a relationship where you can get somebody to come in, put them on your, your visitor list and get them to come in and visit you. And you're in there for five, 10 years. You know, you can develop a, a very, at least for the guy who's in there, or I guess if it could be a girl that's in there, um, you develop like an extremely serious relationship because that's all they're focusing on probably. Well, because at that point, they just want something to look forward to every day, whether it's a phone call or a letter or a card or a visit to be able to look forward to something every week is huge when you're behind bars like that, because you have nothing to look forward to. It's the same shit every day. It's the same routine, the same system day in and day out. So I think that's why a lot of people, even if it's not their ideal partner, um, I don't want to say they lower their standards, but you you almost have to um, because they're more excited about having someone that cares about them and loves them and wants to see them that they have look forward to communicating with every week, you know? Right. And that brings us to Craig Tithes. Craig, um, I'm going to read you his what he wrote on the website. He has a little picture with it and everything like that. But Craig wrote, I'm really happy to, that you're taking the time out of your day to read my bio. Never in a million years did I dream I'd be placing myself on an inmate website to find companionship. But here I am. If you're interested in who I am or what I was all about, then Google me. I'm all over the internet. Do not believe everything you read. Some of it is true and some of it is not. I used to be a professional athlete and now I'm in prison. It's a long story. And if you get to know me, I'll share it with you. Just know that I'm a loyal Capricorn looking for a true friend in every sense of the word. I work out five days a week to keep myself in shape. I keep up on all current events and I enjoy reading novels and listening to music of all type. And he goes on to say, please include your address when you write to me because I can't email you. You can only email me. Did he put this on an inmate website? Is that where it was? Yeah, it's on uh, writeaninmate.com. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so uh, I, th- I think I, I, <laughs> I found it a little uh, humorous that he says he's a loyal Capricorn. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, whatever. He, I, I don't know. Maybe women care about that. Maybe he's thinking that might be a good a good thing. Would that be a selling point for you? if Before you met Mike Liberatore, have you met... Some nice gentleman in prison, and then he and you is the perfect sign for you. Would you with that, you know? No, that, I I never even think about that. To be honest, that's the least of my concerns. If I heard that he was a when he writes, you know, he was a professional athlete, that I would care a little bit more about than him being a Capricorn. Let me ask you, um, Craig Titus. I, I know you don't have the picture in front of you, but it's a pretty good picture. Um, you know, he's a, a pretty attractive guy still. You know, he's I think he is what forty. Three forty-two, something like that, in in the early forties or not quite middle forties yet. 
Um, he was a professional athlete. Would you say that he is probably the pick of the litter on this website? I would say probably so. Um, I can only imagine the type of people that are on these websites. Like I said, I've seen documentaries on this thing. And they're, they're not exactly the cream of the crop, to be honest. Um, these are guys who've had it rough. They were either gangbangers or drug dealers or, or murderers or something. And a lot of times those, let's face it, aren't the most attractive guys. So he probably has maybe a one-up on a lot of people that are in there. Um, and if women see that he was a professional athlete, he was someone that was, I don't want to say relatively famous, but on a small scale, relatively famous, um, that they can, you know, th- these women can kind of brag about a little bit about, you know, the, the man that they're talking to. Um, I think that does give him a one-up um, over a lot of the other men that are in there because he's had a lot more publicity outside rather than a lot of these guys who were just, you know, kind of from their hometown, got into some trouble, got locked up. He's actually had a career outside of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's talk about um, one of the more interesting things on this on this uh, profile of his. Um, it says that he was incarcerated in 2005, um, and his earliest release date is 2016, which is only four years from now, and his latest release date is 2022, uh, which is 10 years from now. Um, does that surprise you? Because I am a little surprised that he could possibly be out in four years. Yeah, I, I was surprised about that, too. I didn't think that was possible, but maybe we're wrong. Well, the site the site says it. I mean, I, I, I am... From what I understand, you know, it's not. Uh, maybe he wrote that on there. I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe he's uh, fibbing a little bit on his release date to get a maybe a, a woman that's hoping to get a guy to come out sooner than later. I don't know if if he is able to put that in himself or if the uh, the prison does that for him. Yeah, that would be interesting to find out. Someone who who understands those websites a little better to know if they are regulated at all by the prison system, if they can make sure they're not putting out all these lies. I would or, imagine. I would imagine. Or, or, they or yeah, or if they are actually legit. I don't know. You see sites like Match. dot com. You can pretty much say whatever the hell you want. So I'm hoping and assuming that these prison systems they can are a little more regulated, but it's not exactly a government site. You know what I mean? It's a privately owned or privately run site that some guy runs outside of the prison system. So I don't know. Maybe they can say whatever they like to maybe entice the women to um, talk to them a little bit more. I don't know. You know what would be really interesting? And I should look at uh, writerprisoner.com. I wonder if, if he is paying for this service. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if he, if this service is something where he's paying nineteen ninety nine a month or something out of his commissary. If this is actually a, if writerprisoner dot com is actually a money making business, I would, I would guess it would be. I don't know. I'm going to assume that it is not for the prisoners, but those who are subscribing to the site do have to pay. That's what I'm going to guess. Who knows? That's interesting because obviously if it is something that, that Craig or these guys are paying for, then I'm sure he can probably write whatever he wants. But if he gets out in 2016, I think that's the same year that, that Kelly could get out, actually. Oh, very interesting. Um, so that would be interesting. Now, here's a question, Christina. We always like to, to uh, I guess this is kind of like postulating or we're, we're guessing here. Do you think that if Craig gets out in 2016, which would be four years, uh, do you think that Craig will make a foray somehow, I'm not saying competing, but we'll be back in the bodybuilding industry in some sort or fashion in four years if you were to get out at that time. I don't think so. I think um, 
his career has run its course and it's better if he leaves that part of his life, you know, to the past and moves on with um, with something else. Because unfortunately, that's what he's always going to be known for. Um, it's not like he can shake that reputation. And like we've talked about before regarding this entire case and this whole situation, while the bodybuilding industry is very accepting of all (laughs) makes and models, if you will. It doesn't matter if you're a convicted felon or if you've done time. Probably 40% of, of them out there have. I'm throwing a number out. But I know that this is a very accepting industry. However, when you have that name behind you, that's just what you're going to be associated with from day one, um, when whenever that went down. So um, I, I don't think he's going to make some type of industry comeback. I think, in my opinion, it may be best for him to you know try to be successful in a different avenue and not try to enter back into this industry. What do you think? Um, I don't know what else Craig Titus has going for him. In, in our industry, um, he is... Um, I guess he's not just famous, but he's also extremely infamous. And, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about Steve Blackman or whatever, but he does have a history of hiring guys right out of prison. John Romano, um, Patrick Arnold, Dave Palumbo. Um, I would not be that surprised if we saw him writing a column in MD or something like that. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be that shocked. I mean, it sounds crazy right now, but when he gets out, you never know. Or maybe he could at least... Maybe he would sell his story to a magazine or something. I can't see him being, I could never see him back on stage. I'd be surprised to see a supplement company signing him. But writing for a magazine, you never know. I wouldn't be that surprised. He's a smart guy. I know he's a decent writer. Yeah, I wouldn't be that surprised. True. No, I. it could kind of go both ways, I guess. But from how I'm looking at it, I think, um, you know. He he may be he may be best going a different route, but I could yeah. be wrong. In, unless you know other people are going to kind of take them under his wing and really promote him and really push him uh, a lot more than he could do on his own. Then if that's the case, then yeah, definitely make a comeback. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, I, I have a feeling we will not be seeing him in 2016 anyway. So yeah, um, Jeff Long hangs up his trunks. Jeff Long came out and announced on Facebook that he is done competing. This was a big surprise to me because. Uh, last time I heard from Jeff or really anybody, he was doing the New York Pro and he put his, he was literally putting all his uh, eggs into that basket and going uh, balls to the wall for New York Pro. Even saying that he was going to, he had it was like a foregone conclusion to him. He was going to beat a lot of these what he called MD rookies, which I'm basically figuring he was talking specifically about Steve Kuklo on the RX board. He was saying that there's a lot of hype behind the R, this RX. I mean this MD rookie, and so. Uh, I kind of, I kind of got the feeling he was really, you know, he was doing, doing everything he could, he could do. You know, he had just been married, and I figured he was putting all his focus into doing the show. And then all of a sudden, he announces on Facebook, not only is he not doing the show, but he's not competing ever again. That was a little shocking, I will say. Um, you know, he's competed a few times this last year, and um, I think a lot of people were surprised that he's at such. You know, he turned pro. What in oh eight? Yeah, correct. Oh nine. Oh nine. Oh nine. That's twenty five right. years old too, Christina. Right. So I, I mean, turning pro only, you know, what would be about two years ago. I, I mean, that's a very very short lived career. I while I do believe him that maybe we won't see him in two thousand twelve. I don't know if maybe in the next few years he may try to come back again, um, but. Here's the thing about Jeff Long, and him and I are good friends. He he at one point was sponsored by Optimum Nutrition, is no longer. You know, he he's a good guy. 
he's uh he he means well he's he's a very nice guy really cool to talk to on on a personal level i'm I'm strictly talking personal level but however you know the best that he looked was that at nationals he looked he looked great i think he shocked a lot of people when he did nationals and when when you turn pro and you look that good turning pro you are not only from now on competing against the other guys on the stage next to you, you're also competing against how you looked like the last time the judges saw you. So while he looked good every time and and, and decent every time he competed after nationals, it wasn't, it might not have been quite as crisp as when he did a nationals. And unfortunately that's the image that everybody remembers. It's like, it's like Cedric McMillan in a lot of ways. I mean, maybe not, not at that exactly that level. People weren't saying he's going to be Mr. Olympia, but Cedric McMillan, you know, looked his best at nationals and uh, every show, even a show that he won, you know, in the Europa show, he was still, people were saying, yeah, he won, but he was nowhere near as good as he was when he got his pro card. True. Um, um, and like Jeff, Jeff did make size gains. He points that out whenever people say that, you know, I've gained 20 pounds of muscle or something. That may be true, but the condition, the difference in condition is enough that it, it, it takes away any, any kind of oomph from the amount of muscle he's gained since then. That's the thing. A lot of guys who want to risk... Um, or, or want to add the size. You know, Michael has dealt with this before. Yeah, he could put on another 15 pounds, but at the risk of the conditioning, it's not worth it. When, yeah, you can play the size game and you can be big, and we've seen that with Jason Huh in the past, um, you risk the conditioning. And at what point do you say, you know what, I don't need to get any bigger because if I do that, I'm not going to be as shredded as I was the last time when that's how people remember you. And that's what everyone has to remember is they're going to remember the last time they saw you. And if you're not as shredded, if you're not as lean, when they know you're capable of getting there, they're going to dock you points for that. And that's just how it goes, you know. Before I read Jeff Long's statement he wrote on the board, uh, because people kept bringing this up, you know, people were surprised, myself included, um, I, I wanted to ask you, he he did, uh, with Optimum Nutrition, he got this contract right away. And it was a pretty, I mean, I know you don't know the exact details, but it was a lucrative contract, right, for a brand new pro. Well, as, as a lot of people know, Optimum doesn't doesn't sign the biggest, best, huge names in the industry. That's just part of it. A lot of times they get the up-and-coming pros. Um, you know, we've had Sean Allen, a part of the Optimum Nutrition team, for a long time, and he just recently turned pro. Um, we have Alicia Harris. We have Jessica Paxson, myself, Abby Burroughs. But, you know, I was signed way before. (laughs) I'm talking after my first show in 2009 when no one, you couldn't Google Christina Voynich and you could get any any results. You know what I mean? Um, So a lot of times they sign the up and coming people. So to get that type of sponsorship is huge for someone who has just recently turned pro or just recently kind of getting their name out there and getting publicity and getting some marketing. Um, I know that he ran on a lot of the optimum nutrition ads. He was a great asset to the company and, and to, you know, our team, you know, I don't know, like you said, all the details behind his contract and, and the numbers and the length of the contract. Cause everybody is completely different. You know, my contract is different than Jessica Paxson, for example, or, or Alicia Harris. So, um, that I can't speak to, but I know, you know, he, he came to the Arnold, he's been to the Olympia to work the booths and everything. And, um, he was always fun to work with, but, Optimum is known for kind of picking up people at the very beginning of their career or picking up people like Charles Glass or George Farah in the past who's no longer with um, Optimum, um, for example, you know, are, are picking up those type of 
names. It's okay. either one or the other. It's either, you know, up and coming or they're very established and they're picking them up at the peak of their career. All right, let's read uh, what Jeff Long said on the board. Uh, Thanks, guys, for respecting my decision. I understand the mental toughness it takes to diet, lift, and compete. It's to the point where it's really not fun for me anymore. If you're not hooked up to the best sponsors or sucking dick, not placing well, even if you're in the best shape. It's like even when I surprised everyone at Nationals coming in shredded and winning, beating every guy that beat that beat me at the USA is I wasn't, I was so happy. Then I got a magazine contract thinking being the most improved bodybuilder going from not placing to winning, which nobody has done before. I would have a cover shoot at least, but I get a five month contract and then get dropped because my body was beat down and wanting to take a break, but wasn't allowed to. So I ended up having the worst year ever as a pro it's my rookie year. And I can read, I can never redo that. I know I have what it takes to be a top pro, I know this for a fact because I see myself every day in the mirror. Maybe it's just a phase I'm going through. I don't know. I'm more than healthy, though. Married is, married life is great. And Tuesday, I have a meeting with a casting agent, which I'm very excited about. That was his response. What do you think? Interesting. He seems a little bitter. Yeah, a little angry. A little, a little upset. Um, but... I mean, he's, he's speaking, he's speaking his mind. The one thing I can say about Optimum, you know, cause I know he mentions if you're not hooked up with the best sponsors, if you're not, you know, I, I wasn't placing well, my body was beat down. The, the good thing with Optimum is that they're never requiring you to compete so many times a year. I think the magazine um, must've told him to, or maybe, the, or who knows what he's saying. Right. So that, that's what I'm getting. I'm guessing. Cause from, from my perspective and from what I know from Optimum, um, there's never a requirement to how many times you should compete and how many times you can shoot with them. And, you know, you have to place well X amount of time for been a necessity or a requirement from Optimum Nutrition. Like I know that for a fact. So in that respect, um, I don't think it was ever them requiring that he places well at every show. Is probably from this magazine deal that he had. That's what I'm assuming. I think that um, Je- I'm surprised that Jeff, being although he's young, he's only he was only 25 when he got his pro card. He's been around this sport for many many years. I think since he's like 15. So you know, I'm surprised that he thought that he would get all that or that he would become instantly uh, you know doing that great after winning his pro card, knowing what goes on in bodybuilding these days you know the fact that he got what he got is is actually unusual to get a magazine contract and a very decent sized supplement contract right out of getting your pro card that's actually unusual that's very unusual to get the biggest supplement company you know in the world to sponsor you after you to pro is is huge and i know he was working with george farah there for a while um they both competed against each other you know last year it was uh, 2010 rather um so i mean i know he had a lot of stuff going for him i don't know if maybe his body legitimately just needed a break and this is what it's going to take or you know here's the thing when when it stops being fun and it starts being more of a job than your regular job then it's time to quit um when, when you're not enjoying it anymore and it's more of a hassle than it is a hobby and fun and and enjoyable it's time it really is time to hang up your hang up your trunks because your physique is going to show 
because you're not going to want to diet and you're not going to want to cardio and you're not going to want to hit it as hard as you can. Now he has the opportunity and I've seen a lot of the posts on his Facebook recently where he's saying he's, you know, granted he went to Cold Stone to get some ice cream, but then he like smashed legs even more than ever and hit some, you know, personal bests or something. Um, you know, maybe he's going to enjoy that a little bit more, just being big and being muscular and maybe run a diet here or there. But uh, if that's how he's going to have more fun, then more power to him. You know, he got the pro card, which a lot of guys, that's their ultimate goal. Have it, run with it, and enjoy the rest of your life, you know? Absolutely. Christina, our next story is with uh, with your boyfriend, your significant other, Mike Libertori, and we're going to break down the Flex Pro. So, Christina, I want to welcome uh, Mike to the show. Mike, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. How about you, Aaron? Pretty good, pretty good. How is the offseason going? Everybody's wondering. Um, it's actually going well, um, just because this is the first time I've actually had an off season in probably about three years. I mean, I'm not one of those guys whose weight, you know, you know, climbs dramatically and then drops, you know, 50 pounds for a show. I mean, I only drop like 20 pounds for a show or so, uh, 20, 25 pounds. So, um, you know, I'm sitting, you know, around 253 to 256 on, you know, depending on how much food I've been, you know, eating. But, uh, I think I was only low 240s last year. And, you know, my body fat's probably, you know, around 7%, so 8% at, at most. Do you, um, did you apply to do the Arnold? No, I did not. Um, I haven't actually, I don't know what shows I'm really going to do this year. I'm really just trying to train and, 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 you know, do what I used to do. I mean, train for me and not have a date set, you know. Um, it's one of those times where I feel that I need to uh, make you know, a five to 10 pound improvement on stage or not necessarily weight, but just look better in the areas that I need to look better. I need that kind of, Oh, you know, this guy uh, was doing his homework this last year. So, you know, you need that kind of breakout year. I know I progressively have been getting better, but that's not always good enough. You kind of, you know, a freak factor where you come out and people go, okay, um, we see it. We know what he's doing, so uh, that's what I'm working on. And if hey, if I feel good about doing a show and I get an itch later in the year, I might do it, or I may wait till next year. I'm I'm not in any pressure to really uh, jump on stage before I feel I'm ready. Do you? Does it bother you, or does it concern you that um, that they're only taking one to qualify now? I mean, I know um, I, one of the things that we're, from what I understand, we're going to be seeing is some of these guys will be doing multiple shows, obviously. Branch Warren will be doing uh, the Australia show, so that's one. Uh, I know Kai Green supposedly is doing four shows this year, so it leaves a lot. Even though there's a lot of shows, there's not a lot of spots open. No, without without a doubt, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, if this was maybe just you know regular top three were qualifying, you know, I was pretty close last year. I mean could have gotten it last year but i didn't i definitely probably would have competed at some point this year thinking that i would have qualified um but now that they've they, they've changed things you know it's kind of like you got to be on your a game i know some of these guys have been around a little longer than i have and i might you know be a little fresher have a little bit more in the tank come you know down the stretch just because i haven't beaten my body up as much but you know we still have to compete against those top guys and those are the top guys for now and you know hopefully in the next you know few years i could you know get to where I can be one of those top guys or somebody that's worried about me coming into a show and, and battling me for a first place. And, you know, this this is a business and this is a job and this is work. 
And, you know, it's performance-based just like anything else. I mean, if your boss is asking you to do this and you give him 90% of what he asks, he's not going to be happy and neither neither are the judges. So, you know, that's the way I have to approach this. And that's why with this year, I'm not really taking any chances to go out there and, and, you know, and really feel like I still need some more work. You know, I, I, I do things, you know, a little bit slower. I, I, I take my time and, you know, I try not to beat up my body. So I, I, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but I think if a lot of pros take the same attitude as you, we're going to have a lot of disappointed fans in 2012. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, you know, having less guys at the Olympia. I mean, in the early 2000s, when I used to watch the show they had on pay-per-view and things like that, all 30 guys got to pose, you know, yeah. they all were there on and doing the routines. And now with all the new groups that we have with, you know, the women and now even with the men, you know, you don't, it's the, the Olympia kind of, if you're not top 15, it's kind of like, thanks for showing up and, you know, great qualifying, but you know, you really want to take your time on that stage and it's, you're not going to see the growth, you know, Jay Cutler, you know, finished like dead last like the first time he was in the olympia if you would have never seen him progress right and 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 like some of these guys hey you might be you know a 17th one year a 13th the next year you're banging at a 10th place and then you start working your way up it's it's great to see people develop just like in any other sport you see you know talent and players develop and uh you may not see that as much anymore you know because uh the guys that aren't gonna be able to vie for that number one spot are saying hey you know i'm not going in there beating up my body dieting and spending money if you know i don't have a chance i need to you know maybe take a little time off you know it's it's you know you're either going to sink or swim and you know i definitely don't want to sink so right 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 (laughs) i want to i want to stay relevant in the sports uh for for a while you know I, i still feel good and i still feel i have plenty of years in front of me so good well um we will see what happens and I'm hoping that you'll jump into a show later on in the year, but I guess uh, we'll find out as it, as it happens. It's it's tough. You you get the itch. You do. <laughs> You're going to go to a bunch of these shows, and you'll see guys on stage, and you'll be like, oh, I could have been. You know you'll be getting those texts from me after every show. You should have. You would have got second. You would have won. You got third. Yeah. You, know? I, 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 you gave me a couple of those last year, and it <laughs> seems like, you know, yeah, I know. I should have done this one, or this one would have been good, but you never can tell who's going to show up, and sometimes, you know, it's somebody that's unexpected, did their homework. Yeah. I mean, even like, you know, Lionel Biecki, you know, um, when he competed at the Phoenix with me, he looked pretty good that first year. And then he put on like 15 pounds, 20 pounds. And, you know, he's he's got a freaky physique and he's somebody that is (laughs) definitely going to be a serious contender over the next couple of years. Well, let's talk about that. Um, The uh, IFEB Flex Pro Show is this weekend, February 18th in Santa Monica, California. And um, Mike and both Christina, th- this is a um, this is a one of the shows that I like the best. I don't uh, not that I don't like the show where there's a big favorite, but I I always find it more interesting when there's a list of good guys, but there's nobody that's there's no Kai Green or you know uh, uh, Dexter Jackson like in Miami where you just kind of know what's going to happen. We got about about seven or eight guys on this list that are all pretty good, and there's about three or four that could all win. Yes. Um, so let's go down. I'm going to give you uh, some names, and I'm going to ask your opinions on these guys, both Christina and Mike, and I want to get some predictions at the end. Um, let's uh, let's talk. Okay, we got a Fuad Abiyad and Ben Pokolsky, two Canadians. Fuad's mm-hmm. been gone for a little while. 
Um, this is his first time back on stage since what did he he got uh, he qualified right uh, last yes. year, and, but at, didn't compete. At the, in Olympia. Yeah, he can he uh, qualified at this show, right? At this show last year, yeah. Um, and then um, what? Uh, Dexter Jackson was third. He was fourth. Evan won, and then Wolf was fourth. Um, and Dexter was second. Dexter was second. Yeah, Evan won. Yeah, is that what I said? It mixed you him said up? third. You yeah. said third. Yeah. Um, so. The uh, we got uh, Lionel Bieke. Obviously, you you saw him in Phoenix at first. He can, he competed. Uh, he didn't do very well in Phoenix. As, as good as he's like you, both you looked amazing. He looked amazing. And I don't think either one of you would he get fifth, sixth. Uh, I think seventh. Yeah, maybe seventh. sixth or seventh. You know, and it was just one of those things. You know, being from France, right? Uh, nobody really knew who he was, and uh, I had a couple of my buddies at the show that were really like, "Wow, this guy's." Got some good lines. He's got great muscle bellies. Um, oh, okay, uh, yeah. they're taking notice, and they're like, I have no idea who this guy is, but he uh, he's got something. Yeah, and uh, he made huge gains into last year. Um, he's one of these guys, Mike. I, I don't know if you agree with this, but he's got like it looks to me like he's got like very thick skin, like a uh, you know almost Kai Green. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he comes in condition, he's supposed to be. I haven't seen any like pre-contest pictures other than a few weeks ago. But supposedly he's pushing over 250 that they're predicting to be on stage. When he did that show, I think he was closer to 225 in Phoenix. Yeah, I mean he's he's a pretty tall guy too. I think he's around five ten. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's or so five eleven. So I think you know with with his build at five ten two fifty nowadays is as a pro is is not necessarily like holy crap this guy's you know Ronnie Coleman esque. But you know when Ronnie Coleman won the won the Arnold, I think he was two forty something two forty five. So that kind of gives you you know some sort of gauge you know being around the same height and you know he has. Uh, crazy muscle bellies, like you know, like a Kai or or uh, a Ronnie Coleman. I mean, he's he's definitely stands out in a crowd. Aaron, yeah. do you know do you know how old he is by any chance? Because I feel like he looks. He, I mean, it doesn't look like he has beat up his body. Obviously, he well, looks pretty young. Do you know how old he Lionel is? Lionel is young. I, I want to say thirty years old, but hold, let me see if I could check real fast. I think yeah. he is. I think he is young. I think he's thirty. Because uh, even because even you know you were talking about his skin, just looking at his skin, obviously it looks like he he doesn't exactly have very thin skin that's been weathered throughout the years, or he's beat up his body throughout the years. It still looks like he has a pretty youthful appearance, even for being as big as he is and for being as hard as he can be. And I think that may help him um, even while he gets ready for this show because he has a. I don't know. He has kind of a little more youthful appearance than a lot of the guys do. Ben Pokolsky looks great, but it almost looks like like Ben's skin is just a little bit harder. Um, looks like he's beat up his body just a little bit more than than Biecki has. That's just you know kind of right. how how I'm seeing it. You're right. Lionel is uh, just turned thirty. Okay. Um, yeah. He uh, well, not just turned because he turned thirty in June. So. Uh, thirty years old. He's a young yeah. guy, young guy for bodybuilding. Yeah, without without a doubt. I mean, he's got some time, and you know, I've I've talked with him briefly or whatever after the New York Pro, and you know, he's he's a very very nice guy. You know, uh, humble, which is I always think is great for the sport. You know, uh, who, who you know, just somebody that you could talk to and is in 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 you know really can represent you know 
being a bodybuilder in the you know right manner because you know sometimes you know we get grouped into this uh, category sometimes of you know not being so nice or approachable. He's he very happy. He's very happy. Yes. Yes. He, he yes. seems he seems pretty humble too about how much he's been able to accomplish in the states mm-hmm. here because you know, as everyone knows he's from France from France. Um, so to be able to make kind of waves here in the states is a is a big deal. I mean you know you saw what happened with Flex Lewis coming over from you know Europe and making waves here in the states is is a pretty big deal from someone from another sure. country. So yeah. I, I mean, I anytime I've seen an interview with him or, you know, I personally haven't talked with him, but even when Michael has, um, he just seems very humble and thankful to be able to have this opportunity here in the States because there is a very, very select few that get actually get that opportunity right. here in the U.S. He's got a good uh, sponsorship contract with, uh, I think it's Favre, I think how you pronounce it. Uh, they have okay. uh, Favre, pharmac- not pharmaceuticals, a new, new, new <laughs> nutrition, <laughs> not Favre, it's uh, nutrition, it's that guy, um, it's in France, based in France. You see it, it's got the, like, the hawk, I think it's a hawk symbol, you guys have probably seen that, the Arnold, I know they have a booth there. Anyway, uh, he's with them. And then obviously he's with Weeder now. Uh, he was on the cover of this yeah. uh, this month's Flex. Yes, he was. Yeah, um, Weeder's Weeder's been going out, getting grabbing a lot of people. Yes, they, they certainly have. They certainly have. So um, I, I'm I'm impressed with him, and I think he'll do well. Like I said, very nice guy. I know in France from the interviews I've heard that the uh, in France in Paris it's not an easy place to be a bodybuilder. They don't they don't get sure. it over there. <laughs> I'm sure Europe in general, I think, is different because, you know, people tend to be smaller unless you go into, you know, uh, Norway and, you know, those those countries up that way, more Icelandic, you know, people. But, yeah, I mean, the amount of food that he probably eats is is, is weird to them, considering that their portions are are much smaller. Even even the gym hours that uh, they're the gyms closed half of Fridays and not open on the weekends. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. He's got to probably double up. (laughs) So. uh, uh, pretty pretty crazy. I don't know if he, if he does really well. I can't imagine he would stay in France. Uh, if he gets some sponsor and some Maybe help he, over here, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he'd probably try to make the move or make the jump. Uh, next guy on my list is Eduardo Correa, and Eduardo is um, very well known for being in crazy condition yes. in the 202 category in the division. Yes. Um, he is doing this. Obviously, is not a 212 show as it's been moved up to 212. This is an open show, so. He strategically, this was planned, and um, I actually talked to Chris Aceto, his prep coach, and he said that they have no intentions of doing a 212 show, that Eduardo, uh, he doesn't think Eduardo needs to be in that division anymore, that he's a contender to win open shows. So um, that will be very interesting to see. We, you know, I, I don't know. We'll have to see him in a lineup with guys that are bigger than him because right now he's one of the bigger guys, 202 or 212. Right. And, you know, he was finishing behind a, a Kevin English or David David Henry and things like that. And, you know, he took, I think he got hurt last year. And, you know, I know he probably wanted to, it was hard for him to get down the weight. But, you know, when you start talking about, you know, maybe being 210 or 215, yeah, that's thick. But the issues that with some of the 202 or 212 guys is, you know they're they're great and i mean some of the best physiques symmetrical and everything but they tend to not be as wide you know sure and when you're standing next to a guy i mean i'm short for an open guy you know being five seven or five seven and a half uh, i'm lucky enough that my shoulders tend to be wide and my waist is small but you know it's it's difficult for me and you know it's get bigger get bigger get bigger and you know someone like you know eduardo he he does have the thickness i'm not saying that but I don't know if he's going to have the width 
uh, to stand next to some of these guys. Fowad's not a short guy. Lionel's not a short guy. Um, Sean Roden's not a short guy. Pakulski's not a short guy. So it's it's going to be difficult to hang with guys that are going to be 40, 50 pounds heavier. You know? Before, before we started recording, that's the thing that, that people really don't get. And, and to be honest with you, we don't really know how Eduardo is going to fare. We may be very surprised if he's in that kind of crazy condition and nobody else is in shape. You know, Hidetata beats guys that are considerably bigger than him uh, in one shows regularly. So if he's in that kind of crazy condition and, and these, these other guys are not, you never know. I guess we don't know until they stand next to him. But you did make a point uh, before we got on the air. Somebody like a Ben Bukowski, if he's on stage at 270 or even 265 in good shape, that's a guy who's a lot bigger than somebody who's uh, 212, 216, or something like that. You know, even if Eduardo's 216 in and sh- totally shredded shape and Ben's in good shape, when you're 50 pounds bigger stage weight, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that'll end up looking. Well, I was going to ask you, Aaron, did, did Aceto say anything about how much he's expecting Eduardo to weigh actually on stage? He says that he, he thinks that he, before they cut his water and stuff, he'll be 220. Uh, mm-hmm. 218 to 220. So we'll, we'll have to see. It, it may it may not be bad if these other guys are trying to play the size game and he's going to come in a lot more condition than these guys. I mean, that could play a big role into it. That Just like we talked about earlier in this show, the guys who play to, try to play the size game, they're risking their conditioning. Yeah, and if, that, if that's what he's going to do, then... It's possible. Eduardo could could probably stand, you know, head and shoulders above some of I, these guys. Possibly. I'm not saying for sure. I'm just saying possibly. I haven't yeah. seen any progress pictures of Eduardo, but I did get a picture sent to me of his tricep. And well, his tricep is absolutely peeled. <laughs> so, so Aaron, so is mine. A, my tricep is peeled too. If yeah, your I tricep, mean, if your tricep looks like Eduardo's tricep, then you you need to take a bodybuilding. Yeah, I mean that's his freaky body. I know, parts. I know. And, and that's um, so, all I've I seen. Mean, right. I it's it's gonna his his tricep uh, striates like that year round. So probably, um, probably. his glutes too probably. Yeah, and I think he's going to fare decently well. I, I don't have him winning. And, you know, with the new rules, it's going to be difficult for a lot of guys, and especially smaller guys. Even somebody like, you know, Chris Aceto trains somebody like a Troy Owls. Is a Troy Owls better than Eduardo? I mean, he's a little taller. Eduardo might weigh more than Troy. But then Troy's got a little bit tighter waist, you know, uh, probably, you know, and he gets good condition too, especially through his back and things like that. Um, but, you know, it's going to be difficult for guys like Troy now to win with all the, you know, other heavy hitters in there. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think it's a good move for him. I mean, you don't know unless you're out there testing the waters. I mean, and he's, he's at the point where, hey, you know, if I want to do a 212 show and win and qualify to do the, the Olympia, he can do that at any point during the year pretty right, much so true. this is definitely not a bad a bad move for him um another guy who's coming up uh is mark dugdale now i don't think mark dugdale's in the uh, running for uh winning the show or top three probably not top five but it does uh, bear mentioning that that he is coming into this show and he is a 202 guy that's also doing an open show that always well, you know, bears mentioning this, you know, being the Flex Pro, which is taking the place of the Iron Man that used to be the first show of the year, I believe Mark Dugdale, I think, took second one year. Yeah. Uh, and he looked phenomenal. Unfortunately, I don't know, you know, you know, Mark 
looked great, and he was definitely over 202 at the time. And I know he tried to make a push to put on that extra weight to try to be more competitive in the Open, but he just didn't seem to be able to do that. And uh, that's why I think he come down to 202. But, you know, he's he's a guy that I think at around 210 to 215 is probably better than when he's at 202 because uh, when he's 202, I think he loses a little bit of his fullness. And, you know, uh, he he comes in great condition, 202. He's shredded. But I think Mark can do well, but it just depends on how the other guys look. Um, you know, it, it, Taking second at the Ironman, you know, a few years back is nothing to shake a stick at. You know, I mean, that's 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 always been a pretty deep show, and a lot of the winners of the past are, you know, are pretty much the best people in the sport. So it should be interesting to see what you know what kind of look you know Mark brings. But he he's definitely somebody that you can't necessarily count out. I don't think super nice guy too. Next on our list, we got two more flex guys. Uh, let's talk about Ben Pokoski and Sean Roden, uh, two guys that are both definitely up-and-coming stars, both have good potential. What do you, uh, Christina, let's start with you. What do you think of these two guys? Um, I remember when we were talking about, was it the Olympia? We were talking about that if we had a pick for, right. what, a dark horse? Dark or horse. A, You called the black horse, yes. The, bla- <laughs> yeah. the black horse, and I think I mentioned Ed Nunn when I talked about the black horse. Right, so right. My apologies. <laughs> we know, we know, uh, we love you. Um, I don't know, I... I I've always been a little iffy about Pokolsky. Um, I, I think he's got a good look, but he sometimes, I don't want to say he reminds me of Branch Warren, but he just has that kind of blue collar look to him, uh, a little more harder sometimes, a little more grainier, not necessarily um, a physique that me personally, I would find super aesthetic. Um, but I, I think he'd be in a running for a top five here. Um Easily, I say top five. Maybe that. Maybe you know, Michael might not agree with me. I I, I don't know, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a top five. That's what I think. Okay, um, Mike, um, we're not we're not making. I don't want a prediction. Yet. I'm gonna run through all the predictions, but okay. Um, Sorry, ben, Aaron. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It's, I forgive you, Christina. Ben you. Ben Pakulski, definitely like Christina. I totally agree that he has the freak factor. To, yeah. to, to any, if anything, almost you know, as much as I am a fan of Branch Warren the person, I don't know. I'm not a fan of his physique necessarily, although you can't you can't argue with success. He did win the Arnold Classic last year, so it's almost right. a compliment you're giving Ben Bukowski because if he looks like a a, a version of of uh, Branch, then he's doing all right. Yeah, I mean you got to reward somebody like Branch who definitely worked very hard to bring up you know his upper body to match you know just you know a set of you know massive legs like that you know is he aesthetic no but did he bring the upper body and the thickness up top to match yes so uh, you got to give him credit for that for working hard and I mean. Ben is a guy, if he can bring up, you know, his arms a little bit. I mean, he's got great shoulders. I mean, he does have really, you know, good shoulders. You know, it's he needs, uh, you know, like myself, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not, he's the only one to bring up the shoulders to match a little bit. And, you know, his back is decent, uh, a little bit more in the back. I mean, he could definitely be that new, you know, freaky, you know, guy out there, you know, with that, with that really, you know, crazy, you know, hard look to him. You were there in New York, weren't you? Yes. Okay, you saw when he got fifth in New York, he made a big statement at that show. He, the crowd went crazy for him. He no, is, no, no, no. He's he a mass monster. Took, he took sixth. Six. Okay, even worse. Right, he got sixth. That's right. Fifth, he would have qualified. 
No, he wouldn't right. have qualified. Yeah, he would have qualified in it before. Yes. Because um, uh, what's what's his name? Uh, the Russian guy. Uh, I'm pulling a name blank. Took fifth. Uh, won um, the net. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Eugene Mission. No, no. Who got fit? Uh, the super. He won the nationals the year before. Super heavy. Robert um, Berninka. Robert. Yes, Berninka. 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 Yes, Robert Berninka. Yeah. Um. So Sean Roden. He is. Uh. He is definitely up. I wish he would have got his belly button fixed. I find that very distracting for some reason. <laughs> the the hernia and the belly button. It's gotten so big now. It's gotten like. Uh, it's a protuberance now he's got on his belly button. Yeah, Marcus Rule had that issue, and you know he had to go and have that fixed. And you know I agree with you. I mean, it's kind of like when guys have you know uh, the gyno yeah, going on. Yeah. It's like all right, we know stuff like this happens in the sport, but you know let's all try to take care of the issues that we need to. Um, but you know Sean's you know did a lot of improving from when he turned pro to to last year. The only thing that I think is going to hurt Sean is he can. Repeated, you know, a lot late, late in the year, you know, doing uh, Dallas and then doing the Olympia, and here we are. You know, he hasn't had that time to really make a whole lot of gains. I mean, he took, you know, something like a year and a half off or whatever before that first show, and uh, or the Dallas show, and he, you know, was like night and day difference. So, the, you know, the thing is, is is he going to look any different? Is he going to have a little bit more thickness up top to match, you know, his crazy legs? I mean, guy's got thick thick quads you know and he's got a you know very aesthetic uh, pleasing physique but you know you got you got to start matching the top with the bottom a little bit so it should be interesting I, I think Sean's one of the guys to, you know you definitely got to watch out for but it, it's tough when you start competing you know so close to one another and you still have you still need time to maybe improve things a little bit to start moving up even more is sometimes it can it can hurt you to compete too much well like we talked about before sean roden kind of you know went under a rock for a long time no one had seen him or heard of him and i know when i mean i i think i wasn't as much into the industry as i am now um when when sean turned pro so when i met him for the first time what was it orlando right um Orlando, right? Was in Dallas is when Dallas. I saw was when I competed. It, it was Dallas. Um, when I saw him in person outside of a hotel, I was like, okay, well, you know, he's he's he's, he's all right because you don't see him um, in normal street clothes and think, wow, you know, he's he's a he's a big dude. Um, but he, you know, once he fills out and he actually gets on stage, he looks great. And I think he surprised a lot of people with the time that he took off this last year. Um, you know whether whether that's what he needed to become like a hobbit or so for a year to really make some improvements. Whatever it was, kind of worked for him. Yeah, he um, he got a lot of hype. They call it, you know with the Flexitron thing and signing yes. with MD. And then when he didn't uh, meet up to the hype that they made, you know he they released him and, and like you said he went into hiding and and uh, everybody knew he had a lot of potential. It just uh, for whatever reason he wasn't able to make it. Uh, to manifest it so fast it takes time it It takes takes, you know it does take time and you know our bodies are all we got so you have to listen and unfortunately sometimes these pressures are like you know hey we want it now we're like wait a minute you know (laughs) and you know what mike give me a minute this may be this may be another case of exactly what you're talking about right here Uh, i have a feeling that that uh, well i know that the the flex these guys wanted them to do the flex guys weeder ami guys wanted these guys their guys that they're that they have under contract to do their show so we don't know um if uh, if any of them, but specifically Sean Roden, if he would have done this show, if it were strictly up to him, or if he would have taken another a few, maybe even six months off, who knows? So, um, or like you, maybe he would have taken the whole, possibly taken the whole year. You don't know what he was thinking, but we do know that 
for whatever reason uh, that, that he's doing this show now. So uh, let's yep. go to the predictions. Okay. Um, Christina, you're first. Start with um, five and work your way up to one. You always do this to me, do man. Do you want me to go first? You, do you want me to go you, first? You, you, you always do this to me. Um, yeah. We'll have Aaron go first. Then we'll give you – I'll give you mine, and then Michael will wrap up and give you his. How about that? That's fine. That's fine. I am, pre- <laughs> I am, prepared. I am prepared. I'm switching this up because you always do this to me. Okay, because I was putting this out. Of, I'm doing this out of spite. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. All right. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually go from one to, one to five then since I'm first. Um, <laughs> first place is Lionel Biecki. I am going with Lionel. I think um, – I think that he is going to surprise people again, and uh, he's going to take this one. And I'm actually thinking that he's going to go on and uh, be in the top six at least at the Arnold, possibly breaking into the top five at the Arnold. I think this is going to be a very big uh, year for Lionel. Uh, second place, I'm going to put Ben Pokolsky. Uh, I, you know, I see Ben every day, pretty much, or at least a few times a week at the gym, and he has been training extremely hard with for this. He's working with Chad Nichols. And uh, I think that he is going to surprise some people. And I think that the freak factor is going to win out here. And he's going to beat some guys who maybe some people wouldn't expect him to beat. Uh, in third place, I'm going to put Fuad Abiyad. Uh, I'm going to have, I think Fuad is a great bodybuilder. And I know he's been, you know, ready to compete for quite a while, wanting to compete for quite a while. So I think that uh, he's going to do this show and do very well. I'm going to put Sean Roden in fourth. And, uh, I think that I think that the reason being, I don't think I think Sean Roden is a fantastic bodybuilder, and I think that if the circumstances were different, he could have done you know been second place at this show. But I think that, like Mike said, I don't think that he was ready to do this show or maybe even wanted to do it. So I'm putting him in fourth and fifth. I'm going to put in Eduardo Correa in fifth place. That's my uh, top five. All right, I'll give you my top five. Go. Um, first, I'm also going to say Lionel Biecki as first place. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have him in first after seeing him this year. Um, and I personally think he's got, I don't know, I'll, I'll say the biggest chance of taking first. Um, in second place, I'm going to put Sean Roden. Mm. Just, just, just out there, I'm going to throw it out there. Um, in third Ah, uh, all right. In third, I, I will say Fouad. In fourth, um, I'm going to say Pakol. Oh shit! All right. In fourth, I'm going to say Pakolsky. In fifth, I'll say Eduardo Carrera. Although I think Pakolsky may possibly be a little higher, I'm going to put him at fourth, and then Eduardo Carrera at Eduardo or Mark Dugdale, fifth, fifth, and sixth. I'm going to throw a six in there just because I can, and I'm the co-host of the show, so I can do that. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to say. Um, quick question. I mean, has anybody uh, seen what some of these other guys look like? I mean, some of the other names, uh, like uh, Sezov or uh, uh, like Lionel Brown, anybody? You know, some of these I mean, other I guys? Know, I know who they are, but I haven't seen them lately. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'm just curious. Sometimes you never know when, you know, you, you're not sure on a name or people go away for a while. You remember Sizov? Um, he's the guy who does yeah, the backflips. Yeah, he was uh, with the Circus Soleil yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 he's a great performer. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's I, where he's going to be. I was just wondering if, you know, I know you're a little bit more uh, in tune with uh, what's I, going on with a lot of these guys. So I, I was I just would asking. Say the, the, the other guys, that the guys that you might be surprised, I know that um, that Deshaun Grimes, or Grimes, I think that's yeah. how he says it, um, is competing with, uh, I mean, it's competing, is training with 
uh, Chris Aceto, and he says that this is the okay. best he has looked in a while. But I don't think right. I don't. I would be surprised if he's going to be in the top five anywhere. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with uh, the both of you with uh, Lionel uh, Biecki uh, winning this show, and you know, I think if if he's dialed in, and we're talking, he's shredded, and and he dials it in. I got him at the top three at uh, at the Arnold. Wow. Um, I think he can push. I think he could win. Whether or not that happens, I'm not saying. I think he has that ability, and I think he has a potential to be a Mr. Olympia, uh, you know, to, to push somebody like, uh, um, why am I, I'm, I'm being, <laughs> Phil Heath. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I don't know Phil Heath. Um, but I think he has the ability to, to push somebody like Phil because he, he, he just is wide, you know, and yeah. he's, he's big. And, and that's on the Olympia stage that counts for something. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Lionel Allen first. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what Fouad looks like, but I think Fouad's got a good, you know, pleasing physique and he carries a decent amount of muscle. And, uh, if, uh, if he can dry out properly, I'm going to put him in second. Um, I'm going to go, it's a toss up between Sean and Ben, uh, but I'm going to go Sean three. If he if he was if he's focused, I think you know his his aesthetics may be able to pull it out. But you know it's going to be a toss up. Like I said, if Ben's crazy condition, and I know you know Ben's got that freak factor, um, but it just depends. I think what the judges are looking for, uh, you know, out west. And then you know I'm going to agree, Bardo probably in fifth. Um, he's beaten Mark uh, a few times. But it just depends. If it's a Mark Dale, a Doug Dale of old, that's a little bit bigger. That who's finished second here, then you know he could he could grab a top five. But um, I, I really don't see anybody touching Lionel Biecki because you know this this is a show that you know he's been going for for a while. And and like you said, I think this is going to be a big year for him. Aaron, I know we've talked about Stan Efferding before being you know these one of the strongest IFBB pros. Um, what do you think he's going to look like at this show? I think he'll look good. I, he maybe look his best ever, but you know he is uh, getting up there in years a little bit, and he you know he started late, and like you said, he is a uh, a powerlifter. I mean, I guess he's a body he's a pro bodybuilder and an amazing powerlifter. But as far as which one is he better at, there's very little question. He's a better powerlifter. I think he does this for him. You know, at this point, yeah. You know, he's got no reason to do it other than for personal satisfaction because he likes doing it, which is a good reason to do it, you know? Yeah, and Stan, Stan's a great guy, too. Uh, you know, I know him, you know, decently well. Uh, and, you know, I've competed against him in shows before, and he's basically, he knows that he doesn't have the most pleasing physique, and he knows that there's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, at, at bodybuilding, you know, probably just a little little better than he is. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely doing it for himself. But uh, he comes in great shape. You know, the guy's always in shape year-round pretty much. And I, I actually saw him. He was on my plane going to the Arnold last year. And it was two weeks after he did the same show. And he was, you know, still peeled and everything. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll do okay in this lineup. I think, you know, he might, you know, hopefully he can squeeze in the top ten. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, he definitely just – doesn't have quite the look and you know he's a fantastic power lifter without a doubt and a great guy so that's uh that is it for uh, our uh our breakdown of the flex pro show mike thank you very much for coming on the show with us anytime yeah and uh this is actually the end of the show for me and christina's part after the break you guys will hear uh tony doherty the promoter extraordinaire of the fit x uh along with the australian grand prix we're actually not going to talk that much about the, the upcoming show we're going to talk more about who is tony how do you get this thing started 
and some other interesting details about uh, Tony's life. So uh, definitely check the interview. It's pretty cool, and uh, you'll get to know Tony a little bit better. So, Christina, you want to give us your information so people can get in contact with you? Absolutely. I would do this in the uh, the voice, the oh. sexy voice. But as you know, Michael Laboratory is sitting here right next to me, so I don't know how much you need to prove that. Um, but, yeah, if you guys have any uh, questions for me, you can shoot me an email, Christina, C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, at rxmuscle.com. You can also follow us on um, the Muscle Girls Inc. site on Twitter, Muscle Girls Inc., Muscle Girls Inc. at rxmuscle.com, and the at sign, Muscle Girls Inc. this week. Actually, the very own Michael Laboratory sits in as our co-host this week, and then we have a quick clip from Jillian Reville, Women's Physique Pro, as she gets ready for the uh, Desert Muscle Classic here in about a week and a half. And then we've got a full interview with uh, IFBB Figure Pro, Jen Strobo. So check out the show as well. And uh, yeah, Christina at rxmuscle.com. You can never get too much Mike Libertori, right? I mean, no, this is the Mike Libertori week. I don't know what the hell happened. This is a big week, Aaron. (laughs) We need to get some training footage of you right away. Yeah, I know something. You know, let everybody know I haven't fallen off the planet too much. You know? But I was actually considering physique for a while. I just you know, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, I didn't sign up for that. I met, I met you at big. I can't, I can't, I can't have that happen. No, I'm sorry. That was what I looked like in high school. So, like, <laughs> you should do men's physique like just how you would uh, normally, just like your off season look. And just like you know, get come up there. You could transfer over. Too big. No, I know he's too big, I, but it would be funny. <laughs> that, that would, um, yeah, that wouldn't play well with the judges, but I would like it. I don't think I wear enough uh, makeup to do oh, uh, professional IFBB uh, men's <laughs> physique. I think I think those guys have had a little powwow about that. I'm not sure, but oh, yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. that's that's a subject for a different show, Mike. So. Yes. Uh, if you want to reach me, Jubaka, Jubacca, at rxmuscle.com or follow me at sign Aaron Sigerman on Twitter. And that is it for this week. Uh, tune in after the commercial break for the interview. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Christina. Talk to you soon. Peace out. You got it. Fusion Bodybuilding makes bodybuilding strongest supplements, and they're committed to giving back to you. Fusion Bodybuilding not only want to promote the bodybuilding lifestyle, but they also want to help build the sport. Bodybuilding is all they do. It's their obsession. You know the feeling. That's why you're here. Visit Fusion Bodybuilding at FusionBodybuilding.com or join in on the conversation on the Fusion Bodybuilding fan page on Facebook, where you'll find IFBB Pro Q&As, contest giveaways, and nothing but in-depth bodybuilding. Building talk. Fusion Bodybuilding. Bodybuilding's strongest supplements. Head over to FusionBodybuilding.com today. Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed faster, and you'll feel fully hydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com. That's HydrolyzeUltra.com. On March 17, 2012, St. Patrick's Day weekend, First Form and Hydrolyze Ultra present the First Form Pro Women's Physique, Fitness, and Bikini Championship, along with the First Form NPC Midwest Bodybuilding, Fitness, Figure, Physique, Bikini, and Men's Physique Championship, a national qualifier. This event has so many perks for both athletes and fans alike. Just ask the over 1,300 guests that attended last year's event. Taking place at the St. Louis University Bush Student Center, you'll watch IFBB Pro and future superstar Mike 
Celebratory and current IFBB Pro Superstar Kai Green as they light up the stage with their posing routines. Six-time Fitness Olympia Adela Garcia will be in attendance. The top male and female pros and top amateurs from across the country are coming to St. Louis. Plus, the RX Muscle Model Search is taking place. Here's your chance to win some great prizes, get a photo shoot, and also be featured on RxMuscle.com. Come meet the top supplement companies in attendance at their booths with free samples. March 17th, 2012 in St. Louis, Missouri. All contents information can be found at NPCMidwest.com, including tickets and prizes. Don't miss it. Go to NPCMidwest.com for all information. Myotropics Physique Nutrition is the most exciting supplement company to come along in decades. That's because Myotropics isn't just another company. It's the brainchild of iconic metabolic expert, Dr. Scott Connolly, the inventor of the original body recomposition product that changed the industry and allowed millions of people to get in the best shape of their life. And CEO Vince Andrich, author of the groundbreaking Physique Athlete Guide. Myotropics flagship product, Physique 2.0, contains their exclusive Meta Effects Amino CD protein compound that maximizes whole body protein economy. Your personal linchpin for gaining and retaining the most muscle while also shedding maximum body fat. Plus, Physique 2.0 contains the world's first legitimate fat-burning carbohydrate, Meta Effects FAO-CHO, for full hard muscle and increased fat burn. If you live to develop the ultimate physique, go with Myotropics, real people that live to develop physique nutrition. Go to Myotropics.com. It's your body. It's your art. Master it. Myotropics.com. RxMuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet, and exercise, up-to-the-minute news, and more. Visit the RxMuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs, and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows, including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours, and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, RxMuscleplace. Visit RxMuscle.com. Welcome back to Access Bodybuilding, and this week's guest of the week is none other than the promoter of the Australian Grand Prix and the owner of Doherty's Gym all over Australia is Tony Doherty. Tony, welcome back to the show, my friend. Uh, nice to be on. How are you, Aaron? Very good, very good. I'm I'm already, what are we, we're about, we're less than a month until your show in Australia, and I'm already Four and a half inside. weeks. Four and a half weeks. Okay, four and a half weeks. I'm getting, I think I leave, I leave for Australia in like 25 days because I'm there about a week well I'm about I'm there about five or six days early so yeah yeah, yeah I'm getting you excited I'm very excited very excited you know normally I really you know that everybody's going to call you as a as a, I know you were you were telling me about this what is what is this Australians mean? short and everything and if you've got a really short name then they lengthen it so you, seriously anyone called Aaron just gets as a you, you were and then if they really like you they might shorten it to as <laughs> so the shorter it is the more they like me then Kind of, yeah. And then when they get sick of ads, then they'll extend it. So then it might be um, um, back to Jew Backer or Aaron Backer or something like that. Like it's just <laughs> it's a revolving name. <laughs> so can you can, can you explain what is this? What is this with the uh, the the slang, the Australian slang? I never even knew that. When first somebody told me that, I think it might have been you who said that on the board. And then all the other Australian guys are like, "Yeah, it's true." I was like, yeah. what, I thought I thought it was some kind of insult at first. What, what is this with shortening of the names oh, and stuff? No, it's just a cultural thing. I don't really know why. <laughs> <laughs> so what do they yeah, call you, Tone? Tony, I'll get Tone, and then when someone gets to know me, it'll be right back to T. T, okay. But then it might get extended out to T-Bag or, or, <laughs> or, or, or you know, 
anything. It's just, it's just most people's names just revolve and evolve. So um, you'll find out when you get in. We use a lot of words here that Americans aren't quite fond of in a slang kind of way, and nothing's an insult. When stuff I can't say on here, but you might be able to tell you all about it. Okay. Um, I wanted to before actually before we get into the show itself, I wanted to ask some questions about you in particular. You know, you've been around the scene for quite a while now, and I think I think just about everybody who is involved with bodybuilding or interested or a big fan uh, because of your show and your gyms being the being basically the hardcore uh, holy land over there in Australia. If you're into bodybuilding in Australia, everybody knows Tony Doherty's gym. So. Um, give us a little background. How did all this even begin, man? Were you a competitor yourself? Have you always been a fan? How, how did that get started? Yeah, well, we're going right back. Okay, well, <clears throat> um, I was competing as a, like a, a junior competitor, a novice competitor back in uh, late 80s, and I got into a, a gym in a country town and um, always wanted to do a bodybuilding gym, which the country town was kind of too small to make it work. So I um, you know, um, started promoting shows, um, in a local sort of way and then the opportunity came up to start the IFBB um, amateur division out here like on a state level as like a state director so I took that on when I was really young I think it was like 24 wow. um, and I'm 47 now so 23, 24 years ago and um, that's sort of how it all began and then I started travelling with um, the first person I travelled with was Sonny Schmidt which was um, he was a great friend of mine um, like a big brother to me um, Way back, and when I first started promoting bodybuilding, he was the kind of first person I approached to say, "Look, I need a, I need a big star, and I think you can go places, and and you need someone to kind of manage you and get you out there and take you to the world." So we kind of worked really well for each other. And uh, in fact, I was in LA last week at the Fitness Expo, and it was a, it's 21 years since I first went over there with Sonny. So um, I've been going back and forth to to LA for 21 years, and and I think. That first time I went there with Sonny, it kind of had a really profound effect on me. I, I walked into Gold's Gym um, back in the day when it really was Gold's Gym, you know, and uh, I still remember uh, Flex and Rico and Chris were training and, and Dillette was hanging around and, you know, it was kind of all systems go and I had the pitches up everywhere and it's this great atmosphere in the mecca of bodybuilding I always wanted to visit. And I thought, you know, that that's that's where I want to be. I, I, I've always known I wanted to be a promoter, but I always had this ideal of wanting to do like a, a gym where regular guys, um, girls, regular people that, that want to work out, don't want like a sales guy with school shoes and a body shirt to come out and try and trick them into a contract, but just a gym where, you, you know, the training comes first and everything else can kind of follow. So um, that was kind of, I guess, I had this idea, but I just didn't know what it was going to look like. And I guess I went over there and saw that and thought, you know, not only can I do that, but I can probably take it a little bit further than what they have. And then over the years, gold gold's become a little watered down. Now each time I visited there, as much as I, I still love it, I was there last week, um, hanging out with Chris Cormier as I always have when I've been over there. And and um, I thought, you know, it's become more of a corporate thing, and it's taken down a lot of the hardcore shots and this and that. So my gym, when I first opened up in Melbourne in 1998, I opened in a, a small sort of warehouse, and uh, sorry, 1994, uh-huh. and then it took about four years to outgrow that and to go to this big 24-hour gym that I've got now, and I had to risk everything and nearly lost everything um, to do it. But but in doing that, um, I was able to kind of create this, I guess, museum of bodybuilding. When you come out here, you'll, you'll love it because I've got pictures, um, signed pictures and posters and everything I've ever done for the last 25 years. I've kept every single poster of every show I've ever done and framed them. You know, every guest poster I've ever had in Australia, I've got all their shots up and little bits of memorabilia and different stuff that you won't see anywhere else. 
um, that line the walls. In fact, the walls are almost full um, from the floor to the ceiling in, in three different rooms at this particular gym, and then my other gyms all kind of look the same. So um, I guess that's where it all started, and, you know, it was just that, that, that um, trek to the Mecca all those years ago as an impressionable young man, and, you know, of course, I come back and said, oh, I want to build this kind of gym, and everybody told me it would fail, and nobody wanted gyms like that. The, the corporate gyms were going to take over and this and this, and I guess I just stuck to my guns and... Um, end up getting pretty good at it. Well, that, that actually brings up some, a good point, Tony. You know, uh, as, as you mentioned, Gold's Gym is, uh, it looks like Google has bought the block and um, that Gold's Gym Venice Beach is going to be closing or at least relocating very soon. The Gold's yeah. Gym in Flamingo uh, in Vegas, Gold's Gym for Flamingo that we always go to after the Olympia. And I know, uh, you know, Jay Cutler, Dennis Wolf, Robert Berninko all work out. That one's closing. It seems like um, more and more of the hardcore gyms are closing Whereas in Australia, your gyms, you're now not only one gym, you've opened multiple gyms. You've got, what, four locations? So you're obviously doing very four well. Four or five, yeah. Five, yeah, five. Right. So, so how do you, what do you attribute this to? What are you doing differently there? What's different with the atmosphere of the gyms there than here? Um, I think the fact that, that we own them ourselves and we haven't sort of sold them off to shareholders and people that just uh, are completely obsessed by accountants and spreadsheets and, and that kind of thing, like... We've always worried about the product and getting the product right. And I guess um, I've, I've become really confident with what I was doing probably about five or six years ago and really dug in and thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm actually not going to worry about what anyone else does or what anyone else says. I, I think, I think I've got this kind of worked out as to what people want. And you know what, my theory has always been, Aaron, that there's a lot of people go to the gym, not, and everyone says, oh, you're a hardcore gym. Yeah, we cater for hardcore people. We're not just a hardcore gym. In fact, <clears throat> We, um, I guess the best way I could put it would be to say that most people that go to the gym, people assume that they're going to need to change their body or change the way they look. I guess I had a deep understanding that a lot of people that go to a gym like this don't go for that reason. They go because it helps them to cope. And life's pretty tough out there, whatever country you live in, whatever you do. Um, it can be a very, very difficult existence on this earth today. And people... Um, they need something, some outlet, you know, apart from uh, drinking and drugs. We've all been down that track and that doesn't work out. What are we going to do? So they end up going to the gym. And when people go to the gym and have an outlet to, um, to, to keep the demons at bay, that's the biggest reason that people come. So therefore, we have to be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week because what if people need their fix and they're, they're going to go postal or just lose their shit altogether because the gym's shut? So it was kind of like... Let's, let's understand people and, and the type of people that are drawn to a gym like this are people who just want to be left alone and do their workout. They might have a crap job or a bad relationship or, or just a life that doesn't fulfill all their other needs, but there's this one sanctuary, there's this one place they can go where everything's going to be okay, you know, and that's this place. So I guess that, that describes us more than just, just being a hardcore gym because we've got a lot of business people and um, uh, just regular people who just want to be fit or lift some weights or punch a punching bag. You know, we have... Um, boxing, um, as in boxing rings, um, uh, cardio, weights, and a pro shop, and that's it. We don't do, um, you know, step classes or or zumba or any of that shit. Group fitness, no <laughs> child minded, nothing. We just, you know, we we have the radio on. Um, we don't have loud trancey music playing. If we want that, they can just wear their um, what's it called, their iPod or their iPhone. Right. And uh, everyone's kind of it's a really respectful kind of thing, and we get all sorts of people from leaders of industry through to, you know, the criminal element and, and, and no-hopers and everything in between. And, and it's because 
they've got somewhere they can go to be left alone. And by and large, I, I believe that's what people want. So that's kind of how this brand evolved. And then, you know, we've got a lot of famous people wearing our shirts, you know, from um, early on, from from Ronnie Coleman and Doreen Yates and Phil Heath um, through to Forrest Griffin and, and uh, Triple H. And all these people have been photographed in, in Doherty's gear all over the world. Um, and they've worn it in their DVDs, and they've worn it. In fact, someone just emailed me last night to say that Phil Heath's got a Doherty shirt on in his new Number 13 video. And, you know, uh, last year with all the publicity led into the show, Kai Green wore his Doherty's gym hat. You know, so those kind of things, um, apparently Triple H wore, wore one of our shirts into the ring one night, and all that kind of stuff has just really rocketed the brand to another level to the point that, that people want to be involved with it. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I've had Ed Connors on before in the past, and you know, of Gold's Gym fame, and uh, he said that that was definitely part of their marketing plan with the T-shirts, giving away Gold's Gym T-shirts or having guys wear um, their their clothing line. Because in a way, when people see that, it, it makes a huge difference. They identify with the brand, and and then they, uh, you know, it kind of gets out there more. Yeah, well, that was once again when I went to Gold's all those years ago. That was I was a really observant kid, you know, and I thought. Um, uh, I thought, wow, that's what these guys have really got right. They've got a brand. It's beyond just being a, a gym now. It's, it's beyond just being somewhere people want to go and train. It's almost like something one of people want to be a part of. And I remember the first time I went out there, I bought like 500 bucks worth of shirts and, and, and tops to bring home for my buddies. And then I think for the next five years I went out there, I just couldn't wait to go to their pro shop and buy some more of their cool, cool stuff. And then I guess... When we're going to do our gym out here, I had to decide what am I going to call it. And one of the things that that we looked at, and we'd, we'd um, when we first went out there, they were very kind to Sonny and I, and gave us memberships and sponsors with a hire car and looked after us. And one of the guys was a guy called Rich Minzer, who was a really nice man, and and uh, he he had he was at the time the international uh, franchising guy, and he's like, hey, do you want to do a gold out there? And at the time, gold was being bought out by. A, some big company and I knew that it would get sold again and sold again I thought you know if I was dealing with the original brothers and the original people that created it I would love to have done their franchise but when they got involved with shareholders and big business I thought nah, not for me so what am I going to call my gym and I thought oh well I'll just name use my name you know because at that stage I've been promoting bodybuilding shows for about 10 or 12 years so the name was kind of out there and I thought oh well I'll just try Doherty's gym and and um, probably the best thing I ever did it's worked out really well yeah absolutely Tony, what about your training? Are you still uh, in the gym training regularly? What are your hobbies yeah, I, today? I, I, I train. Um, look, I, I trained really hard for quite a few years. I trained for um, four Mr. Olympias with Sonny Schmidt, um, mm-hmm. as in as his training partner, every day. You know, between ninety four and ninety seven or ninety eight, um, and you know, got 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 in pretty good shape. You know, set up around the the 240, 250 mark in, in, in reasonable sort of shape. But because I was running all the shows, I stopped competing some years earlier. So I kind of just had a, a pretty good off-season look for a number of years. Um, and then um, started having kids. And my oldest kids just turned 10. And I've got four little kids. So I guess for about the first three, four years of fatherhood, I kind of really lost it for a while and got a bit thin and uh, stopped training and sort of forgotten, you know, uh, just how, how good it felt to train, you know, and something was wrong. And, and uh, a few years ago, I, I attempted about 10 comebacks, and, and it was probably um, probably in 2007 we had a show out here. We had a number of pros here, and I remember um, Joel Stubbs, Milos, and someone else were in the office, and there was a big post from in the office, and in, in my competitive days, he goes, why haven't you got this in the gym? I said, oh, I just, I don't know, I just didn't. And he goes, well, you should, and you should be training. Have you forgotten... 
you know who you are or something. It sort of stuck with me, and I kind of started easing my way back into it after that. And 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 then last year, after when we did FedEx for the first time last year, the big expo, you know, for about three months before it, I, I just couldn't find a way to train. It got so busy, and I got a few injuries and this and that. And I thought, you know what? That's it for me. I've got, to, I've got to train every day forever from now on, and I haven't missed a workout since. So, um, you know, I'm probably a little, a little, a little on the chubby side, as in the body fat percentage wouldn't be below 10, but it wouldn't be above 15. I don't think or somewhere in there. And um, I try and train every single morning for an hour, and um, I'm back to loving it. And uh, but I won't stopped. Good for you. Good for you. I got to ask also about motorcycles. I'm not a big. I don't know a whole lot about motorcycles. I, I never really got into that at a young age, but I know that's like a big hobby for you, right? Yeah, yeah, I kind of collect them. Um, I've got a few um, uh, motorcycles, a couple of old ones, and a couple of choppers, and um, I really uh, always loved that sort of stuff. And um, you know, when I first started out in business, I guess that was my biggest dream was to one day have a Harley Davidson, and and, and uh, always liked the American bikes, and just loved choppers. You know, just like hardcore, rigid choppers. And um, it took a long time, but then I, I kind of got one, and then another one, and. Um, yeah, still uh, kind of obsessed with like that's kind of my hobby, you know. Like you got to have something outside of you. And when I go back before, I said, well, people have got to have some way to cope, so they go to the gym. Well, when you're in a gym or you're in a gym all day, you've got to have something outside of the gym to help you to cope. So that's my uh, my thing. I'll show them to you when you come out. But you've got a nice sort of area to keep them and uh, a bit of a sort of boys' room with a you know beer fridge and a bunch of bikes and cool. And, you know, Tattoo posters and all that sort of stuff. So that's the other side. <laughs> I know you're. I knew you're really big into that. I knew that uh, the Harley Davidsons and stuff was a big hobby of yours. You also got a lot of tattoos, don't you? Yeah, I've got a few. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How'd you get into all but, that? Pardon me. How'd you get into all the tattoos? Um, I just you know I, I always loved tattoos. I, I was always wanting to get them, and then when I was a young guy competing, I, I didn't want to ruin my body and, and um, you know like the big fear back then was oh you'll get marked down if you've got tattoos so I kind of just put it on hold and then um, when my son was born I put his handprint um, from when he was born on my forearm you know with his name uh-huh. I thought, that's pretty cool and my little girl got born and I did her footprints and I thought that's pretty cool because what happened I was at the hospital and they were trying to sell me this kind of thing where they do like a plaster cast of your kid's hand when it's born I'm like what if I drop it? What if it's like you keep it all these years and someone knocks it off a shelf or you lose it or something? Right. It's a pretty neat idea to do something with their handprint. And I thought, oh, I'll get a tattoo. So uh, that's sort of how it started. And just, uh, you know, what's what's funny is um, <laughs> every year when I'm in like a high stress moment with, with a big show or um, in a pro show or, or FedEx or something like that, and um, I find that's kind of my therapy these days that, um, when I'm really not coping or I'm really stressed out or <laughs> everything's getting on top of me, I just find a little pain therapy sorts me right out. So I'll book in and uh, go and go and get something done. But that's that's just kind of like a personal thing. I don't walk around, and, hey, everybody, look at my tattoos or motorcycles. If anything, I'll probably play it down. And when we have meetings with um, with the expo, I always you know, wear like a long sleeve shirt and look like as a normal person as I can. For you know, 230 pound bloke with a bald head, um, I'll try <laughs> try and look as, as, as Normal as I can. Yeah. Well, um, did you have one picked out for uh, the next stress moment, or you just kind of do it? I just had one. In fact, um, I always wanted to get one done in LA. And when I was out there last week, I booked in to a place called the Tattoo Lounge in uh, Venice Boulevard, uh-huh. and I had um, two three and a half hour sessions while I was there. So I'm kind of just had my fix and quite pleased with it. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. 
Um, let me let's go to the show. Let's talk about the show specifically. Um, this show this year is bigger than any past show. How did uh, how did this thing get started, and what can we expect this year? Okay, well, uh, to put it in order, it got started. Um, you know, when I was doing the amateur shows for many years, I, I always wanted to do a um, do a, do a pro show, and um, you know, at the time I was traveling a lot. My wife Amanda was a professional figure competitor, and um, we travel around the world to you know, she competed in Italy in the Arnold Classic two or three times in Detroit and all these different places. And you know, the eye for B people I'd meet at these shows. But why don't you do an Australian pro show? And particularly Wayne D'Amelio back in the day was really adamant that we should get something going. So uh, 12 years ago, we started the first Australian Pro Show, and um, that was probably the most stressful thing I'd ever done because, you know, trying to get people to come out here was always going to be difficult, and at the time, the Australian dollar was really weak. And um, the th- so I did the first year. I put in a really nice venue and put on a pretty good production, like with fireworks inside. And I was always really big on entertainment stuff and, and wanted to be an entertainer, not just a promoter. So I guess we... Um, we took our production. In fact, we, we we did indoor fireworks and lighting shows and all that that year, and that was before they'd ever done that sort of thing at the Olympia. And they all opened their eyes up and said, "Well, we're going to we're going to you know lift our game and do some of that stuff." So that was kind of the catalyst for bodybuilding becoming more entertaining in a lot of ways. And uh, that was 12 years ago, and I absolutely did my balls. I lost that much money. I thought oh, I'll never do it again. And after I licked my wounds for a few days and weeks, uh, maybe I'll just do one more. So I did another one and. I did my balls, but not as bad this time. And then the third year, I kind of finished in front. You know, got a good lineup and and uh, didn't make a ton of money, but I didn't lose any. And then the fourth one, which was 2004, we we cracked a really good lineup. We had um, uh, uh, Dexter and Chris, um, uh, Kamali, Titus, Marcus Rule, all in one event. You know, it was a time when Kamali and Titus were having this kind of internet feud and hated each other's guts. So I did these postcards saying Kamali versus Titus and we made sure to pose down that they, they posed down with each other and, and uh, it was one of the most entertaining pose downs of all time and um, it's, it's you know, probably the most watched pose down um, clip on all of YouTube amongst bodybuilding fans and everyone loved it and that one kind of worked out good. It was a really good lineup and a couple of things happened towards the end and uh cost me a lot of money on flights and you know, I was a little green and didn't get it right but um, then 2006 we had another really crazy lineup. we had to take the show into state um, because the Commonwealth Games which is like a little mini Olympics was on here in Melbourne and we took it to um, the Gold Coast which is Queensland it's a sort of warmer tropical place and uh, that went pretty good and then when we came back there was no really good venues available they were, they were building new ones and Melbourne was undergoing a great building transition and then uh, two years ago the new Melbourne Convention Exhibition Centre opened a new hall, which was $480 million um, uh, development um, with probably the best indoor theatre in Australia, if not the world at the time, was opened up called the Plenary Hall. And we did just a pro show there that year that Kai that Green won. And um, everyone says it's the best venue they, they'd ever seen, you know, and guys have done my show six, seven times like Dexter said, it's the best venue they'd ever competed in the world anywhere. And, and I thought, well... Maybe I should finally do this expo I've always wanted to do alongside the pro show next year, which was 2011. So we did that, and it was a 6,000 square meter show, and um, it went pretty good. You know, we got um, we got the UFC guys to come out. We did the first ever Australian pro figure show. We had a pro qualifier for the Australians to to be able to qualify and go in their first pro show the same day. Um, we had a whole lot of entertainment go on and sold a, a lot of space to you know equipment companies and supplement companies and all sorts of supporters of the industry and 
it was the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, I had to put on full time staff for it and start a whole new company. And um, you know, we 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 turned over more in that show than we had in the first ten years of the pro show. So it was it was like a giant leap. And uh, this is the second year that we're going to do that. And of course, me being me or stupid or whatever, I um, tell we better do it bigger than last year. So we made it fifty percent bigger. So this year it's nine thousand square meters, which will be as big as any fitness sport fitness expo ever held in Australia. Wow. Um, we've got about 10 different sports now from arm wrestling to the world's strongest man. And, and just to mention that, we've got the first ever um, Giants live in Australia. So it's a, it's a qualify for the world's strongest man. The top three from my show qualify for the, um, the world's strongest man competition later in the year. So we've got like Brian Shaw and Nick Best and Mike Burke and all those guys coming in from the States. We've got competitors coming from Europe, from South Africa, uh, New Zealand, Australia, so we've got 10 in that, and it's, it's a really big budget event. We're actually filming it for Eurosport, which is part of the Fox ne- Network, which will be viewed by, I think, 80 million people worldwide wow. over the next 12 months. Um, and that's all on inside the expo. So I've kind of gone down the lines of like an Arnold Classic-style expo, and then we've added the strongman, the arm wrestling, the pro qualifier once again. So whichever Australian wins the men's and the women's figure goes straight into their first ever pro show. We've got the women's pro figure on, and we've really cracked a great lineup with that this year, Aaron. We've got, um, I think we've got six or seven from the top ten of the Olympia, including two Miss Olympias, Erin Stern and Nicole Wilkins. We've got Alicia Harris, Felicia Romaro, um, Larissa Reese. Wow. And, and more. And they're still lining up. I'm still getting emails with the girls wanting to enter the show. Um, and we get to the point where we're not knocking them back, but wow, uh, this is going to be the best lineup outside of the Olympia ever. Um, as good as any Arnold or Olympia lineup anyone's ever seen. It's only our second year. Um, and then the men's pro show in its 12th year. And they'll be headlined by Branch Warren this year as our, our big draw card. And um, the others have been a little slow in signing up, but we've got yeah, quite a few um, guys have committed and signed, including Lionel Baeki, Lionel Brown, Michael Kefalianos, some local guys, a couple of New Zealand guys. And we're working hard on getting um, some after the Flex Pro this weekend because there's only going to be one winner, and they all think they're going to win it. Yeah. So I think after Saturday, they're going to be oh, shit, I'm in shape now. What am I going to do? And our <laughs> show is a little unique because we we pay all the accommodation costs of all the competitors. We, in some cases, pay their flights into Australia as well. We provide food for them. We pick them up at the airport. and Everyone's heard the story. But we, we really, really over-deliver with the competitors and treat them like elite athletes. Um, we've just had the Audi car company sponsor the whole event this year, so they're giving us a fleet of Q7s to drive the athletes around so they'll have their own drivers and all that sort of stuff. And we put them in apartments with proper cooking facilities so they're not like in a hotel, shitty hotel somewhere sharing a microwave. They've all got their own refrigerator, washing machine, you know, pots and pans and plates and all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's how we attract the good names to the show, and um, it's shaping up to be our best one yet. It sounds tremendous, and I, d- I just can't wait. Um, let me ask you one more question before I let you go. Melbourne, obviously a lot of people listening to the show haven't had the opportunity to go to Australia, or especially not, I guess, Melbourne. Can you tell me a little bit about the city for... Uh, for somebody like myself, you know, this will obviously be my first time. What kind of city is Melbourne? Okay, check it out. In Australia, you've got sort of, well, each, each state, you've got seven states, each one's got a capital city, but the two big ones are Sydney and Melbourne. Right. And everyone kind of hears of Sydney because they've got the pretty Harbour Bridge and the Opera House, and it's kind of pretty to see and that sort of thing. But Melbourne's kind of the more cultural, alive, sporting capital type city. So we've got the biggest sporting arenas, the biggest sporting events. In fact, the same week as, as FedEx and the Pro Show, we've got the Formula One Grand Prix in Melbourne. I heard that. Um, 
uh, that's on the same weekend. So there's just going to be so many people in the city. It's going, in fact, it's getting really hard to get hotels. So anyone thinking about coming, get online now. Go to you know What If or Webjet or one of those things. There's still some good rooms available, but um, you know, in the next couple of weeks, I think the whole city will sell out. Um, Melbourne's probably the restaurant capital, or well, it's definitely restaurant and cafe capital of Australia, if not one of the best ones in the world. Um, wow. for, for, for shopping and, and food and and arts and sports and all that sort of thing. Melbourne's just an awesome city. In fact, it's been voted the world's most livable city um, many times over. Um, we've got a really good lifestyle here, you know. And, and, um, we don't have a, a homeless problem. We don't have an employment problem. We don't have welfare problems. Um, Australia, for those Americans who don't know, Australia has a kind of like a, a, a Medibank thing where everyone gets free health cover and, and can go along to the doctor without having to pay exorbitant fees. You know, our, our car, I was talking to someone in LA the other day about the price of car insurance over there. It's crazy. You know, we pay like 500 bucks a year or something. Yeah. And over there, I think you, you, pay, you pay that every month. Wow. Um, you know, food's affordable, rent's affordable, gyms are affordable, and everyone's kind of making a buck and happy, and um, we don't have a, a homeless problem in Australia at all, um, especially in Melbourne. There's no um, uh, racism or gangs or anything undesirable. You know, there's, it's, it's, a, um, it's a very livable city. It's a beautiful place. And the time of year you're coming, um, it's the end of summer, so we're just coming into, um, it'll be cooling off a little, but it's sort of been in your 30 to 35 degrees regularly, last month which in your speaks like around 85 90 every day um wow. it's, a, it's a beautiful time of year and i, I love melbourne you know I, I like traveling and i've been lucky enough with bodybuilding to pretty much see a, a lot of the world and um i've never seen anywhere i'd like to live more than here you know i love to visit la i love america but um to live no thanks just good to visit and come home to good melbourne okay let's see let me ask you this one last question obviously if, if we're not including Doherty's gym or the Fit Expo in the bodybuilding show, you know, as I'm there for a whole week, what is the one thing I need to do while I'm there? If you, other than, of course, the gym and the expo and the event. I think when you're in Melbourne, the one thing you need to do is, is kind of get out and eat, you know, and experience um, life in Melbourne. Just experience, you know, the cafes and restaurants and the whole culture of the city. I'd say if you're here a week later, you've got to go see an AFL game. Now, for those of you who don't know, there's a sport called Australian Rules Football. Everyone thinks it's rugby. It's not. It's it's way bigger than that. We, at our our home and away games, like you know, just the, during the season games, we can get up to a hundred thousand people every single weekend. Um, we can have six games on in in Melbourne in one weekend, and the the smallest crowd will be fifty thousand. It's crazy. It's like a religion here. So if you're here, because that starts a week later. So if you're here, I would insist. In fact, I'd take you myself to an AFL game, um, because it's the greatest sport in the world. And one of the just. Um, best um, crowd moments you could ever go to. So I'd say that's the one thing you'd have to do if you're here during the season, which starts a week later. Um, short of that, I think just experience life in Melbourne. You know, get get downtown. We've got a gym right in the middle of the city, as in right in the middle of the city in downtown. And there's just cafes and restaurants and there's a great casino, not so much for gambling, but for, for shopping and, and, um, and just top-end restaurants and good wine and good food and good company. And I guess that describes Melbourne more than taking a picture of a bridge or something. You know, having seen look at the beautiful beaches and there's a there's a drive about an hour from here called the Great Ocean Road, which is probably one of the great drives in the world and there's plenty of that stuff. But I think Melbourne beyond that is just to experience life here and get out with some friends and uh, eat some good food and just chill out. Well, I will take your advice on that and I cannot wait to come 
Tony Doherty, thank you very much for being on the show, man. It's always a pleasure to thank have you on. Thank you for your support, Ezra. We'll look forward to seeing you uh, down under in a few weeks. And uh, everybody get online and check out FitX. That's F-I-T-X dot com dot A-U. And you can find out all about the shows. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it, my friend. Thanks, man. Bye.